Welcome to Exit Strategy, the podcast. For more information, visit us online at ExitStrategyUS.com. Once again, that's ExitStrategyUS.com. Good morning, good evening, good night, whatever time it is to you. Welcome to Exit Strategy, the podcast. My name is Rob Staten. I'm going to be your host for these adventures. This is our inaugural edition, the first episode ever, if you'd like to call it that as well. We're going to be talking about all things that have to do with escape rooms and specifically Exit Strategy because, you know, that's where we work. Now, Exit Strategy is located in Charlotte, North Carolina. We consider ourselves one of the most premier escape rooms in the country, the most immersive, we like to say. We've got two locations, one in North Charlotte and one in South Charlotte. For more information and to book, you'll do that online at ExitStrategyUS.com. Once again, that's ExitStrategyUS.com. Now, like I said, this is our first ever podcast. We're really excited about it. People might ask, why would an escape room have a podcast? Well, I say, why not? We're going to be talking about all things that have to do with escape rooms. It is a huge, booming business around the world, and especially right here in the good old United States of America. So we'll talk about anything and everything that has to do with escape rooms, new trends, new types of rooms, the people that play them, the people that don't play them. We want to bump up the interest more in escape rooms, especially right here in Charlotte, North Carolina, at our target audience, as some people might say. First thing we're going to discuss today is, you know, what is the history so much of an escape room? But before I get to that, I want to talk about what is an escape room. There may be people listening that have no idea what an escape room is. You may have never been there before. And I'm sure most people that are paying attention to this right now have probably been to some type of escape room. But if you haven't, let me clue you in a little bit. There are many definitions. You can go to many different escape room websites and they'll tell you what an escape room is. And most of them follow sort of the same pattern. Uh, You know, some people want to use some kind of unique language, which is perfectly fine. For us, uh, you know, the best explanation I can say is escape rooms are live team-based games where players discover clues, solve puzzles, and accomplish tasks in one or more rooms in order to accomplish a specific goal. Usually that is escaping from a room in a limited amount of time. Now that time can vary. I would say the the average time that you'll see in most escape rooms is 60 minutes or one hour, but I've seen rooms where there have been longer time periods, an hour and a half sometimes. There's just more to do in those rooms. I've even seen less times, 30 minutes, or even sometimes we do what's called a preview room where it's only 10 minutes. you got 10 minutes. gives you a a little intro of what an escape room might me might be, but that's it. You know, you have an limited time, a limited time to get out of the room, and there's all kinds of different things inside the room that you do it. And there's usually some type of a, a theme or a storyline that runs through it. A lot of times today, I'm going to be referencing a survey that was done about two years ago, but I still find it uh, very relevant to today's uh, escape room industry. It was by a a man named Dr. Scott Nicholson. He's a professor, works at uh, Syracuse University, also works at a couple places in Canada as well. But he did a great survey where he surveyed over 200 escape rooms from around the world, got a bunch of different statistics and information. So lots of stuff that I'll be pulling from today is from 
that survey. So you'll see a lot of neat information. We'll talk about statistics and different things like that as well. Now, as I said, escape rooms are that niche, that niche, 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 the niche and what you might see is an industry where people want to go out and do things at night, whether it be going to the movies or going bowling. Escape rooms is, is a new genre of something to do that's fun for all ages. The exit strategy, we do 12 and up usually. Uh, our games are mostly designed for older kids and adults, but they can be played by any male, female, smart people. Not so smart people. It's not an intelligence type game. It's more of a, I describe it as almost like a live action video game. The first time you play a video game, you might not be very good at it. But the more you do it, the more you understand the controls and the mechanisms, the better you get. So that's what an escape room is, especially to us at Exit Strategy. We've got many different rooms. We've got two locations. We're up to nine rooms now. We'll have ten, hopefully by the end of the year. We're building a new one at our south location right now. We're really excited about I'll give you more information about that as the weeks come. Now, so that's your, your history, your, your intro, excuse me, your intro of escape rooms to get you caught up on what we do and why we do. So basically, we're locking people in a room. Uh, for us, we don't technically lock you in the room anymore. The industry is so new that there are new changes coming out weekly, monthly to... Uh, regulate us. When we first started putting people in rooms here in Charlotte, we literally locked you in a room. We would put you in a room, lock the door, and you literally couldn't get out unless you ask via walkie-talkie or banged on the door or banged on the wall or screamed and cried a lot. Uh, that worked for a while, but then uh, the fire marshal came through and said, hey, guys, can't let you just lock people in a room. So now there's always a way out for the players via that the door is just unlocked and you can walk right out if there's some kind of issue or there's a button you might be able to push to let yourself out. So regulations have uh, made us change some different things here and there, but nonetheless, it is still amazing. It is still fun. You'll have a blast if you come and do it, which I encourage you to. So with the regulations and everything, we we developed different things. We started out as a very small mom-and-pop business at Exit Strategy. And by mom-and-pop, I mean Jay and Malin, who started the whole shebang for us here in Charlotte. They were, and here, here's a history of Jay and Malin for you. Lovely married couple. Jay is a former Charlotte-Mecklenburg police officer. Malin is a former trainer and teacher in the Charlotte-Mecklenburg school system. Uh, they were married. They were touring around different parts of the world, stopped off in Germany, found out about an escape room. They had no idea what they were doing. They went inside. Uh, they were a little creeped out at first because they had no idea what was going on, but they found out they loved it. And they came back and they're like, hey, you know what? There's nothing like this in the Charlotte, North Carolina area. Why don't we create it? So they did what any enterprising couple would do. They built an escape room inside of their house in one of their bedrooms. Yes. Not not making that up. That's what they did. They brought their friends and family over and had them play it. It it caught on from there, and they're like, hey, this might be something we can do. They made the leap of faith and uh, rented a location and opened one room and then two rooms. And now we're up to two facilities, nine rooms, almost ten rooms. So it worked out pretty well for them. But 
that's how most of your escape rooms start out across the country and the world. Now, you will see some franchising out there where some big-named escape room companies are putting in different locations in different big cities. But a lot of them are your mom-and-pop organizations getting started from the ground up and building their roots in escape rooms, building their own puzzles and locks and different things like that. So you'll see that uh, more prevalent, I would say, than, than, the big company, than the big companies, you know, at least right now. It's a, it's a booming industry. It, it started here in the United States probably four or five years ago and, and now has exploded. But let's, let's do talk about the history of escape rooms because a lot of people want to know how this whole concept started, where did it start. You're going to get uh, a few prevailing ideas of where escape rooms started. But for the most part, what most escape room people uh, uh, tend to believe is that it started in Japan around 2006. Now, before I get to that, let's talk about precursors to escape rooms. You know, where did the idea, where did people get the inspiration to take something, you know, a game and put it inside an actual space and play? Uh, there are many of those. Uh, one, you know, precursor to uh, escape rooms would be live action role playing or LARP. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking that you're picturing some guys running around in costumes beating each other with foam swords. And you know what? That's exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons was hugely popular. I played it back in the late 70s, 80s, 90s. They're still playing it today. It was a tabletop game where people sit around, they make up characters, and they go through an adventure. And there's a dungeon master, a la our game master, that leads them through the adventure, making them fight and solve puzzles and do different things. The live-action role-play was when people decided, hey, we don't want to sit around a table anymore. We want to get up, go outside, and explore and actually do things in real time. So live-action role-playing, another you know, precursor to an escape room. Uh, more recently, uh, another precursor would be the point-and-click adventure games, the escape room digital games, uh, flash games that you've seen online. Those started uh, probably the early... 2000s, but you can go all the way back to the 80s with text-based interactive fiction games where you would be typing, you are now in the dark forest and you have three options. You can go to the north, you can go to the east, or you can go down the dark path to the west. So that, a precursor to uh, escape room games. You, it would, you know, choose your own adventure books were the same way. So most of these were in two-dimensional forms where you were either just typing and it would reply to you, or it was a side-scroller type of adventure. Now, they eventually moved into that 3D form. If you've ever heard of the game Myst that came out, Myst was very much a, a, you know, a post-apocalyptic, uh, different world where you literally were just solving puzzles. You were moving around trying to figure out things. It was hugely popular among men and women. It wasn't just your video game people that played it all the time, but it, it was a precursor to you know what we see. It was an escape room in a gigantic world. Uh, another precursor, puzzle hunts, treasure hunts. You've seen those. Everybody's done a scavenger hunt before. It can be set up by you know somebody at a birthday party when you're young or big adventures around you know the Charlotte area. They do giant scavenger hunts where you're out looking for things as well. And then, of course, there's interactive theater, like murder mystery theater, and uh, haunted houses. Those are, you know, the same type of thing where you're walking around in a room trying to figure out things. Uh, interactive theater, by that what I mean is murder mystery dinner theaters that you see where you'll go and you'll experience an evening 
where you're interacting with the actors on stage that have one of them has been murdered and you're trying to figure out who did it. You might be the person that did it. Somebody else might be, but the whole instance is trying to figure out what happened. And then you also have the haunted houses, which a lot of people think about when they think about escape rooms. They want to be scared. They want to be frightened. They want to be escaping from something that's very unpleasant. So haunted houses were obviously a precursor to what we see today. There have even been adventure game shows and movies. So all kinds of different movies where you're trying to escape. Uh, The reality shows like Survivor and The Amazing Race are large-scale escape-type games. So you've seen those before. Uh, Movies inspired like Indiana Jones, uh, any kind of space movie where you're trapped in something and trying to get out. Those are all inspirations for modern-day escape rooms. So those are the precursors. Those are what people think of uh, that when someone has no idea what an escape room is and you try to explain it to them, they'll come up with those images in their heads as inspirations for what an escape room is. Now, when did escape rooms actually start? And I mean physically an escape room in the room. Most would date it to about 2006, 2007 in Japan by a company called Scrap. That's uh, SCRAP, not the acronym. I have no idea what it means, but SCRAP, yes. Uh, Their first uh, venture into the escape room world was called Real Escape Game. It was run in Kyoto, Japan in about July 2007 as a single room game for about five to six players. And then over the years, SCRAP has continued to run escape rooms. They've even got a large-scale event where they throw hundreds of people inside a room, and they have to get out. So obviously, it's a big kind of convention space area and everything. But that's the uh, what most people believe, that the Japanese in Kyoto started the whole escape room craze. There's also uh, a group in Hungary who uh, claim to have started it as well. Uh, it's hard to verify who got first, but most people consider... Um, Japan as being the people who started it first, with Hungary being a large hub for escape rooms as well. So it branched into uh, Asia, over to Europe, and then by 2012, 2013, you started seeing it creep into the United States in your major metropolitan areas like New York and Los Angeles. Now, today, it's blown up. There are thousands and thousands right here in the United States escape rooms. There are thousands around the world as well. It is a booming industry. Most people have seen it. You see it all over TV now. A lot of TV shows are doing it. Reality shows are doing it. It's been featured on late night talk shows. Conan O'Brien actually went and did Escape Room, which is very funny. So that's the, the overall history of Escape Rooms that you'll see. Now, what else I'd like to talk about is uh, the statistics, what people are trending, what people experience an escape room and how they work out. And that goes back to that survey that was done by Dr. Nicholson that we'll talk about in a moment. But before that, since it is our first podcast ever, I want to reward you for listening. And by doing that, I'm going to give away some free tickets to Exit Strategy. Really simple, really easy to do, but you got to be the first one to do it. If you're the first one, you get the free tickets. If you are number two, you're the first loser. You're not going to get the free tickets. So first person, here's what you need to do. Code word, podcast. Very easy. Listen, you're listening to a podcast by Rob. Remember the word podcast. Go to our website right now. Yes, you'll have to pause this podcast and go to the website. But the website, exitstrategyus.com. Make a booking. If you put in the code word podcast, you will get four free 
tickets to exit strategy right there. You're making a booking, you put in podcast, but you have to be the first person. It's a one-time code only. The first person uses podcast. It doesn't work after that. You've got to be the first person. So free tickets, very simple to do. Go to exitstrategyus.com, make a booking in the code, in the promotional area, type in podcast for free tickets right there. Now you can obviously purchase more. You can make it a six person room. You're paying for the last two, but those four spots are yours free if you go right now and put in the word podcast. Now, where were we? All right, statistics. Yeah, that uh, survey done by Dr. Nicholson in 2015. So it is a couple years old, but I still find it very relevant to what we're doing today. He surveyed over 200 escape room facilities across the world. And it's very interesting interesting to see what is uh, going on in the escape room world, especially in different areas. And he's done all kinds of statistics about uh, who plays in rooms, what type of uh, puzzles there are in a room, uh, what type of themes that people do in escape rooms. So there's all kinds of stuff. Now, as far as where the survey took place, uh, 10% was Asia, 6% was Australia, 52% was Europe. Europe is a big hub there. Uh, North America was 25%, South America 1%. So you'll see the, the varying different escape rooms across the area of the world. Now, first thing, let's talk about who plays escape rooms. What type of groups play escape rooms? M- mostly uh, groups of adults over 21. That's 37% of people who are playing escape rooms are just you know groups of adults, date night, uh, uh, guys not out, girls not out, uh, just guys and girls coming in to play different escape rooms. Uh, you'll also get corporate groups, which we love at Exit Strategy. It is a, a new genre for people to come out and do team building. You know, team building before was, hey, let's go to the bowling alley or let's have someone come in and do a team building session with us where we play different types of games. Well, now you can come to our facility and You know, escape rooms are tailor-made for team building. What what better way to get people to work together than to lock them in the room for an hour and make them communicate and work together? It builds your communication. It builds your team working skills. It points out certain strengths and weaknesses that people have. So we have a lot of different groups that come in and do team building all the time. Large businesses that come in once a month. We have repeat customers that come in or little small home businesses as well. Uh, and those are the two main uh, genres of people that come in. And then there's other things, uh, you know, younger people that are having birthdays, specific date night, things like that, and international players that have played around the world as well. Uh, gender breakdown, it's pretty even. I would say that it tends to lean a little more female because I think females just want to do something besides bowling and going to the movies. Whereas men kind of settle in that situation a lot. So I think women are the ones that are finding the escape rooms and like, hey, honey, let's go out and do something different tonight. And then besides go bowling for the 400th time or putt-putt. I like putt-putt, but I like escape rooms a little more. Uh, escape rooms are located in interesting locations. There is a barn in a western town, and it's in uh, Ontario. So there's an escape room built inside of a barn. Uh, In Amsterdam, there's a former military complex that got turned into an escape room. Neglected buildings. How perfect is that? There's a neglected building in in, uh, Lithuania. Uh, An old stock exchange building in Amsterdam. And even an escape igloo at a ski resort in Slovenia. So there's all kinds of different 
ways that run. Uh, on average, an escape room facilities open about 60 hours a week. Uh, facilities in Asia and Europe are more likely to be open longer, with an average of about 73 hours a week, while facilities here in the United States and South America fewer hours that average around 40 hours a week. Now, escape rooms are a competitive market. We started out here in Charlotte being the first one, and then a couple more popped up, and there were three for about two years. And now, there's about 21, 22 in the Charlotte metro area, so it is competitive. So we're always thinking of new ways to be different and immersive via, hey, look, we're on a podcast now talking about escape rooms. So different ways that exit strategy can do that. Um, most people would say that the market, especially in Asia, is oversaturated. There's so many of them in Japan and China now that they're working on different ways to make it more interesting. And by that, I mean different crazy puzzles. puzzles. There are a lot of things in uh, Asia, Japan, and China specifically that we probably couldn't do in the United States in an escape room. Uh, I've heard that there's one where you literally climb outside on top of a roof of a building. Like, no matter what we do, we no, no matter what we get you to sign, we could not have you climbing out on a building, building in the United States. It's just not going to work. But I think the way that most escape rooms differentiate themselves from others is their their theme, their narrative. Now, it's important to note that how you want to interpret it, how you interact with your customers, and how they react to what you do. But when I say stories and themes, it's there's a theme. An overall theme could be a cabin in the woods. Now, the story, the narrative is that you've been kidnapped by some crazy serial killer, and he throws you in to the cabin in the woods, and you've got an escape. So the way those break down is... Uh, so there are some escape rooms that have no themes whatsoever. That's 13%, according to the survey that we're reading. Uh, a theme but no narrative, meaning this is a cabin in the woods and you have to escape from it. There's no other story. That's 27%. Uh, storytelling through puzzles, like you don't figure it out until you start actually playing the game. That's 39%. And then a narrative only and a backstory and a goal. So the only thing you get is before you go in, they tell you, a few things that's going on, and you learn it from there. That's 21%. And again, those are all varying different ways to do things. They're also set in different time periods. You can set an escape room however you want to do it. It's your creative mind, and we do that at Exit Strategy. Uh, you know, most common, I'd say 25% are the modern era. When I say modern era, 2000 till now. Uh, there are 24% who set it in a specific place and time, whether it be uh, you know, we had a 70s room, obviously set in the 1970s. You can have, uh, you know, medieval fantasy rooms or in the future. So some of those are uh, specific time and place. It's 24%. Uh, a horror-themed room, that's 13%. Fantasy, 12%. A science laboratory room, 12%. Uh, future technological room, 7%. Military facility, that's 7%. A toy room, 3%. Cartoonish, 1%. Steampunk, 1%. And then the seasonal room, whether it be a holiday like Christmas, Halloween, Easter, that's 1% of the makeup of rooms. Now, you also see uh, what are the different themes in the room. What are you doing once you're in the room? The prevailing overall percentage of what you're doing in the room is you're trying to escape a specific unpleasant place, whether it's a dungeon or a prison, 
or your nine to five cubicle office location. And that's 30%. I'm going to go through some more because a lot of these are interesting that I've actually never seen before or never played. And I've played quite a few, but I wouldn't call myself a, an escape room guru or anything. So 30% is that escape a specific unpleasant place. Uh, 9% uh, investigate a crime or mystery. You're going in and trying to solve something. Uh, another one is escape from the supernatural or engage with the supernatural, whether that be a ghost or a spirit or a poltergeist or something like that. A solve a murder. That is very popular, obviously. We have a murder mystery room. Uh, diffuse an explosive device. Maybe there's a bomb in the room. You've got a certain amount of time to do that before it blows up and kills you all. Uh, being an adventurer, just going in and exploring is another one. Gathering intelligence or espionage. Uh, carrying out a heist. We have one called Bank Heist. We're actually robbing a bank. Uh, find the missing person. You know, somebody important has been taken or has disappeared, and you've got to go in and find that person. Uh, military operations, those are very popular as well. Uh, free another person, or in this case, an animal. That's a 2%. Now, I've seen free another person. I have never seen free an animal. And if you have, let me know, because I would like to go to a place where, you know, there are a bunch of puppies trapped in the room, and it's my job to... Um, free the puppies. That would be pretty neat. Um, I, there's even one on here, uh, survive uh, something going on, and then carry out an assassination, which probably not the best to do in this environment, but those are all the different types of themes that you can come up with, and there are tons. There are more, and that's what people are trying to think of right now. More ideas to create escape rooms. Uh, it also is neat to, in this survey, uh, the doctor talked about uh, what appeals more to men versus women. And he's got it labeled in three different charts here. You have females are more interested in this room. Uh, males and females are equally interested. And males, males are more interested in this room. As you might expect, military operations, females are not more interested in the room. But males are at a 40% rate. Uh, diffusion explosive device, it's very equal. So men and women both like diffusing bombs. Uh, free another person, females tend to lean to that. I think females are probably more caring than males, and they want to help out. Now, that's the free another person or animal. I would lean towards the animal, so and most males don't. It looks like in this uh, category. Escape a specific place, an unpleasant place. Uh, men tend to lead to want to escape. It is you know more equal in that aspect, but a lot of men want to lean towards that as well. Uh, engage with the supernatural. Men are more interested in that. Carry out a heist. Interestingly, females are more interested in stealing things. Can you believe that? That's right, females. That Hey, I'm just reading the survey. It's what it says right there on the survey. Women want to steal things, according to the survey in 2015. So there's all kinds of neat ways you can look at it there about what goes on inside escape rooms. Let's all, let's also talk about puzzle types. What type of puzzles you can find inside a room? And again, this is from the survey of what they saw. Seventy-eight uh, percent of the time, people are searching for physical objects hidden in the room. You're going to see that in every escape room you play. You've simply just got to find things, and it might not need be a puzzle that you actually need to solve or figure out. You just find it, and then you can use it. Uh, team communication is a puzzle type where you have to physically talk to the other people in the room to figure out something. There are light puzzles where the use of either artificial light or sunlight can help you. Counting, that is my least 
favorite puzzle there is, mathematics. I've never been good at So if I see a math puzzle in the room, I'm usually going to defer to someone else in the room. Lots of time it's my wife, who is uh, much better at math than I am. Uh, noticing something obvious in the room. This is one of my favorite puzzles. It's one of those things that's in the room the entire time and staring you right in the face, but you don't see it until someone else points it out or the game master has to give you a hint about it. And you're like, oh, man, why didn't I see that? So, count, uh, you know, noticing something obvious is very important. Uh, a symbol substitution with a key, such as uh, looking symbols up in a book. So, you know, you're looking up some translation of some crazy symbol that becomes the symbol you need to make something happen. You'll, you'll see that quite often in the room. Uh, searching for objects in images. There are images on the walls or in embedded somewhere, and you've got to figure out what the uh, object is inside that image to help you figure out something. Uh, assembly of a physical object, whether it be a, a jigsaw puzzle or you know a cryptex or something like that where you're trying to work on it. Uh, what else? Riddles. Riddles are very important in a room. Ciphers without a key, like a letter substitution. Hearing. Using your own ears to listen and figure out something. That is one of the most difficult puzzles, I think, because most people tend to talk and move around, and hearing requires everybody being quiet and not moving and listening very carefully to figure out something. Uh, mirrors are another type of puzzle in the rooms where you use a mirror to try to figure out something, whether it's, you know, you're seeing a reverse image or something banking off. Uh, Hand-eye coordination, such as shooting a target. Uh, there are ropes and chains puzzles. Uh, traditional word puzzles, such as crosswords. Mazes, where you're trying to walk through and physical, uh, figure out things. Uh, physical agility, such as a laser maze, where you got to crawl through an area. Uh, there are touch things, where you actually have to push something to make something happen. Uh, shape manipulation, where you're moving things around to make it work. Uh, there are liquid puzzles. Uh, social engagement with actors, where you have to actually talk to someone who's not part of your group to figure out something. Uh, smell. You can smell something in the room. And finally, taste. Now, I've never been in a room where I've had to taste something, but me, I'm the type of guy who would do, that would be, I would volunteer. I'm the moron that, hey, yes, I will put my tongue on whatever that thing is over there and tell you what the taste is. That is, that is a 1% of the escape rooms that were surveyed that have some kind of taste puzzle in there. So that's not, I would say, something that's prevalent in an escape room, but it is something that you'll see. Uh, so those are the different types of uh, puzzle that you would see in an escape room. So in review, let's talk about what we talked about. Uh, history of escape rooms started in 2006, 2007, Japan branched across Asia into Europe, into South America, and finally here in the United States, where we're just booming and blowing up. Uh, there's no right or wrong way to do escape rooms. They can be mom and pop organizations, or they could be something that you'll see uh, a franchise, a large organization do. We are that mom and pop small business organization here at Exit Strategy, and we love that concept. And we would love for you to come see us. Well, I'm looking at my time, and that's about all the time I've got for this first episode one podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. We'll be putting out more stuff as the time comes appropriate. Uh, we're getting into the busy holiday season, though, so I hope you have a wonderful holiday season. Uh, just got off of Thanksgiving and now moving towards Christmas, so it's Cyber Monday, the day I'm recording this, so I hope you're out there buying stuff. Until the next time, enjoy some escape rooms. Let us know what you think about this podcast. Subscribe, 
And we'll be back with you soon. This is Rob from Exit Strategy, the podcast, signing off.